Hello, this is Randy Wimmer, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Sound Off. Today's topic is going to be somewhat of a sensitive one because it deals with the customer and business relationship. If you were the owner of a diner and somebody walks into your diner and they ask for a cup of coffee, you pour them the cup of coffee, they give you money, you put the money in the cash register, everything's simple. However, that's not always the case in certain industries, especially in the federal government contracting industry. In the federal government contracting industry, the federal government contracting owner and employees, they're not the ones pouring the coffee. What they're doing is they're helping the diner employee operate the coffee machine. So they're not the ones who's responsible for presenting that cup of steaming hot coffee to the customer. They're not the ones taking the money. The money is exchanged at this at this incredibly high level between accounting organizations and the contracting officer and SAM, System for Award Management. So it's it's really convoluted. And there's also some negative perceptions out there regarding federal government contracting work. And sadly, many of these Negative connotations are coming from veterans and former government employees. I talk with a lot of veterans and they say, hey, I'll never be a government contractor. And I always ask why. And they say, well, you know, you know, they're, they're in a support role. They're empty suits. They're, they're, they're not respected. They're, you know, dot, 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 dot. What this person doesn't realize is that they are going to be future business owners, not billable people. So what does that mean? Well, let's say that you're the owner of that diner and that person comes up to you, your customer, he asks for a cup of coffee, you give it to him, he takes a sip and he says, hey, you know, I'm not gonna drink, that's too cold. Well, you, you, you graciously go up to him and say, hey, no problem at all, sir, we'll get you another, we'll get you another cup. So you go make another pot of coffee, you pour it, you give it to him. If he says like, whoa, this cup is dirty. What are you going to do? You're going to pour it out. He goes, sorry about that, sir. Here's a clean cup or here's another cup. And if he complains about something else, it's like, no problem, sir. Here it is. Now, that's pretty subservient. And you could say like, man, here I am. I, I worked really hard. I've become an entrepreneur. And next thing you know, I'm being bossed around by this, by this jerk of a customer. And that may be the case. Some customers are jerks, let's just be honest here. However, you're a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. You've got the big picture. That guy's a blip on your radar. He's a revenue source. You gotta have that mindset. What you're doing is simply a means to an end. But yet, that's a little bit easier said than done in the federal government contracting industry. Why? Because the relationship between you and your customer is really convoluted. You can walk into almost any government space and you can't distinguish who the government employee is, the contractor. And the only reason why you can figure out who the military person is is because they're in uniform. They're all supporting the same mission. They're all doing basically the same work. Maybe some in managerial roles, maybe some in you know support roles. 
Um, but just because you're a contractor doesn't mean you're always in a subservient support role. I have seen several cases where you have government employees providing input and information to a government contractor to take action on. And now you got to be careful on how you manage that because now you actually have your customer providing the contractor support. So you got to kind of manage that a little bit. But I have seen that numerous times. So you have to be careful managing that relationship between government and contractor. Now, everybody's heard the phrase, good enough for government work. I joke about it all the time. What that kind of does is it puts a little bit of egg on the face of contractors. It makes it seem like, hey, we're only going to give a half-ass effort because it's good enough for government work. However, that is just a joke. Here's why. Work performed by contractors is almost always performed at least as well, if not better than the work performed by federal government employees. Here's one of the reasons why. If a contractor is not meeting a standard, then they are immediately replaced or the contract is terminated and recompeted to find a better, more responsive company. It is truly that easy to resolve performance issues when you're a contractor. Back when I was running my first company, I have replaced poorly performing employees on a contract within seconds after receiving a single phone call from a customer who was unhappy about their performance. Now let's look at the other side of the coin. If a government employee is not meeting a standard, then the government supervisor had better start the several year long paperwork trail to fire them. To illustrate my point, here are just a few brief snippets from the Office of Personnel Management instruction regarding poorly performing government employees. And these are actual quotes. Quote, there are two formal procedures a supervisor may use in resolving unacceptable performance. Chapter 43 and Chapter 75 of Title V of the U.S. Code. And then it just keeps on getting even worse. <laughs> the next quote is, is, the employee relations staff will also guide the supervisor on the specific regulatory requirements. And then they go on and vomit them out over the next several pages. Here's another quote. Action must be supported by a preponderance of evidence. Now, the word preponderance is, <laughs> it, it's intentional uh, because I've known a lot of federal government managers and executives, and one of their biggest frustrations uh, that they face every single day is how to get rid of poorly performing government employees. Because doing so, it truly does rival the complexity of the U.S. tax code. Now, I'm not saying that every federal employee is an unfireable dirtbag. In fact, I feel sorry for the vast majority of great federal employees who have their hands tied trying to rid their organizations of bad apples. Although the ability to replace poorly performing contractors provide tremendous benefits to taxpayers... Contractors provide so much more value than just being able to be fired quickly. In fact, I believe federal government contractors are pillars of our national strength. Pillar of national strength? Yeah, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that I'm waxing poetic about launching federal government contracting companies. Allow me to explain before you start laughing too loudly. 
The strength of our nation is the American will. It's in its people, ingenuity, and industry, not its government. Our government's value is that it, most of the time, does not oppress its people or suppress their potential. Again, most of the time, our government enables its people to do great things. Here's an example. Think about World War II. When Pearl Harbor was attacked on December 7, 1941, the U.S. Navy had a total of 350 ships with many, and I do mean many, of them being obsolete. On Victory Over Japan Day, VJ Day, in 1945, the U.S. Navy had 6,788 ships. Let's put this into perspective. Over 70% of the combatant ships in the world were flying the American flag at the end of World War II. On the high seas, the Navy had a 2-to-1 advantage over the rest of the entire world combined. It is simply irrefutable that our nation's industrial might built the strongest Navy the world has ever seen. Now think about this. Government employees did not build those ships. Contractors did. The same thing is true for our tanks and aircraft. Without taking anything away from the courageous servicemen and women who bravely sacrificed so much to fight tyranny in our world, they cannot be successful without having the right resources, tools, and support. Rosie the Riveter and other government contractors did their part in giving these brave men and women what they needed to win World War II. Almost a half century later, contractors played an even larger role in winning the Cold War. Today, contractors are still helping to defend and support our nation. And it's not just national security. As much as I complain about traffic and the condition of our roads, our highway system is second to none. Every time I drive in other countries, I renew my appreciation for President Eisenhower and the contractors who created our highway system. Now that I've got you humming the national anthem as you ponder your patriotic duty to start a contracting company, let's discuss a real perception of contracting. Now, this is where I have to be brutally honest. Just like there are bad apples in the contracting community, there are some bad apples in the government. My first boss in the contracting world perfectly crystallized how to best cope with bad apples who may not treat contractors with the respect they deserve. My boss was a vice president who managed our company's $200 million contract that I supported. As part of our contract, he crafted a brilliant strategy for our client and proposed it to our government customer who immediately saw its brilliance. And we were asked to facilitate a comprehensive workshop to present the strategy to our customer's leadership and other senior executives. During the meeting, I was surprised by the way my boss was treated by our bad apple customer. Instead of acknowledging my boss for his outstanding work and allowing him to contribute his knowledge to the discussion, again, this is the person who actually created the strategy, our customer took full credit and relegated my boss to simply flipping the slides for him. Apparently, I was not even worthy of that since I was asked to quietly sit in the back of the room. Afterwards, I told my boss how angry I was, actually how pissed off I was, about how our customer treated him. He laughed and he explained something to me that has enabled me 
to be both content and successful in this industry. He asked me who I thought the most highly compensated person in that entire conference room was. <laughs> I sheepishly responded, you know, you? I knew what my salary was, and trust me, it wasn't all that great. So I wondered if he had a comparable salary. He told me that he was, and not by just a little bit either. He also went on to say that if they wanted him to make coffees or flip sides, then that was on them. He went on to say he could have been a government employee and the one sitting at the head of the table making the decisions, but he chose to trade his ability to have a government title and the authority to make decisions at meetings like the one that we were supporting for expanded career opportunities and to provide for his family better. I still couldn't let it go, and I kept on saying, yeah, but he took credit for the work he did. He said, that wasn't my job. He said his job was keeping the customer happy so that he could expand the contract and win the next recompete. It was just a means to an end. And then he finally told me the bit of advice that enabled me to go on and launch a successful federal government contracting company. Randy, you have to decide if you want to be in business or the government. There's a lot in that statement. Do you want to be the person who gets to be essentially in command of that relationship? Just like that grumpy coffee drinking customer who walked into your diner and asked to have uh, his coffee replaced not once, but three times. He was in charge of that engagement, not you. However, you were the one that have the bigger picture. It was your company. He was just a revenue stream. That is it. So if you can manage that mindset, you can be successful in the federal government contracting industry or any. Because when the customer is in the room, they're always the most important people. What you have to do is you've got to learn to accept that, manage the relationship accordingly, and think about the big picture. They're just revenue streams. I hope this helps, and we will talk about something a little less (laughs) negative during our next topic. I felt like I needed to share this topic because I hear it all the time. I hear about how federal government contractors are just poorly performing dirt bags. They'll chuck anything over the fence because it's good enough for government work. And that's not the case. That is not the case. Our military, our government, everything that we do... You know, we are a global world leader in it, not because of what the government does, but because of the contracting industry support that they receive. So I will talk to you soon. Have a great day.